Zimbabwe Transition Organization, we want Papua New Guineans change life by transitioning the Word of God. Because they're touching the Word, and the Word is sharper than the double-edged sword. It can penetrate in their lives. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Rich Rodowski. And I'm Emily Wilson. And we would love for you to join us as a prayer partner, whether it is monthly or even weekly. You can subscribe to receive emails or have the prayer calendar sent right to your door. So if you go to lbt.org slash pray, you can fill out the form and become a prayer partner with Lutheran Bible translators and praying for missionaries, partners, and programs around the world. Today we got to talk with Duncan Kasokasen, who is one of our ministry entrepreneurs in Papua New Guinea, who has uh, just a great story of uh, a lifetime involved in Bible translation work. He first began working in his own language. It was both an era and availability of, of things where he did everything writing by hand, which just is is mind-boggling but also just so like close to the action there if you will and now he's expanded that vision to mentoring a lot of other folks that are involved in bible translation he is a translation consultant and his work has touched many other languages in papua new guinea and so just a, a real great conversation with duncan Today on Essentially Translatable, we have joining us uh, from Papua New Guinea, Duncan Kasokasen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So this is a really different sort of setup we have going on here. I am in our Concordia offices. Rich is up in actually Fort Wayne. And we have Duncan, you're joining us from Papua New Guinea. So this is an amazing sort of example of what the Lord is doing through technology, and just so thankful that you're with us. So a little bit of our tendency or our procedure, if you will, for the Essentially Translatable podcast is to make sure that our audiences uh, are starting to understand who it is that we're talking to, what's your background. So can you share a little bit about your background, Duncan? Yes. My background in Bible translation, I started Bible translation in 1986. That was when I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I attended SL Translation School for three-year term that I completed in 1998. And then I knew the Lord. I had to just give my life to the Lord. And when I knew the Lord, I was so passionate and I was Sunday sort of word. Mm-hmm. And then I completed the New Testament. And then I finished in 1996. Mm-hmm. Just 10 years. In 1997, the New Testament was dedicated. That's amazing. And New Testament bought for three months. They all finished. And I have not revised it again, but people are still using and they're asking for more. Mm-hmm. Alas, one day for funding that we could reprint again. People need the New Testament, although it's already 27 years old. Wow. Then when I finished from that field, Papua Bible Translation Association Director, asked if I could leave my home and come to the center of the Bible Translation Office if I could become a Bible Translation Coordinator. And now I'm called Translation Manager. And I've been working in 60 languages. But some of the languages are inactive, so now about 35 is 
active language that I coordinate. And when they need check-in, I ask for consultants. And also, I'm also a television consultant as well. I became a consultant in 2002. And then I've been working as a consultant. But more, more, more time was spent as a principal. I've been working as a training principal in SIL and BTA for eight years. So I spend more time administering the, the work. And then sometime later, I started to work as a consultant. And also, I'm looking at the Morobe region. It is in Papua New Guinea, Morobe region, is where the warrior cluster is, and that's where LBT is involved with. Mm. And I look, I take care of these language programs. And there are about 11 language programs in the region. And I give advice, give them training. So I do all those things. So uh, translation consulting in multiple languages for you know 20 years plus your own translation time. I was just going to ask, what story when you get to translation consultant checking, what what story in the Bible is do you really enjoy checking with the teams? The word of God is is all the stories I want, you know. But yeah. when I a story that affects the lives of the translators uh-huh. and something emotional and I want to see the word of God is speaking to their lives. That's where I love it. And I want to see the change happens straight with traffic as first before uh-huh. it affects everything. I, I'm not answering your question, but I'm saying I, I I love all the stories so but the only thing that I want to see is the language that speaks to them. Yes. That affects their, their life when they translate the word. And that's what I mean. My point is this I want to see that the word of God they're translating but to set their lives. Yes, I, I love it. Yeah. Away and they put it away, and then they don't obey the word. And I make sure that they must obey, they must know what they're doing, and from them, the transformation will take place in the community. That's what I'm concerned about. Hmm. So, Duncan, I'm just amazed by a lifetime of serving in Bible translation ministry. So you entered into this journey in when you turned 30. How was it before then? So you didn't have the New Testament in your language, is that right? In those days, yes, we do not have the New Testament in my, in my language. So one of the machinery from Australia came to work in our place I came from the Anglican church background. Okay. And she she came as a medical work, worker. And when she retired, she wanted to tra- start a translation. So in, during those days, I was a young man and I loved the music. I loved music. Then it happened that I was translating from English to my language. So to sing the language, mm. to introduce the language, Rather than they're using English, that has no idea, but I started doing that. So that's where it started. People saying, why not we get Duncan to go to Karimba to train as a translator and then translate away because she's already started doing it. And I do not know what the Lord was doing in my life, but I was I started doing it. And that's where I started. And then it happened that within 10 years, with no computer, I was just writing from pen and paper, and then at the end I would do the manual typewriter, and then cut the stencils, and then wow. screen I tried to paste it on, and 
do that and bring the papers out and then we do that. So all of 10 years I've been doing that without computer. Mm. So I came a long way to get this one done. But that hunger to be able to have God's word available and accessible and that it was something to be shared. I, I love that you were able to, to be singing scripture because then it's for everyone. It's not just for, for you. I've, I've heard a number of people uh, in ministry that they'll get a choir behind them um, and all singing together so that it amplifies out and then people can start asking questions. That's wonderful. Um, you were mentioning, Duncan, in um, your introduction that I, I didn't quite catch it, but at some point along you came to know the Lord. Was that during the process of doing that Bible translation or was that before? Thank you. It's just a good question. When I came in, when I was asked to become, to train as a translator, I was not born again. In fact, I was in the country real protest when we were in six. But I, re- I didn't really confess Jesus as Lord when I grew up. But when I came to this, I realized that people were confessing that they confessed their sins to become Christians. And I thought I would do that because I wasn't, you know, but I was really hungry for the word. And then, yeah, and then the Lord just touched my life and I gave my life to the Lord in 1989 after three years. It took me a while. But when I came to know the Lord, and when I gave my life, I was so passionate, I was so hungry, and mm-hmm. I have no spent much time, because every day and night, it becomes like my passion is to sit down in translate pen and paper. And I wanted the Word of God to be written. So that took me to translate in 10 years. Wow. And I love, too, that you were mentioning that you want people to obey the Word and to be transformed by it. And so... I'm I'm curious, as you have seen many language communities and partnering alongside them, what has it that you've seen people doing after reading the word? What changes have you seen in communities? Well, why we want in Bible tradition organization, we want Papua New Guineans change life by transitioning the word of God. And therefore we do not want to see translators come in and translate the word and then they are not changed because they are touching the word and the word is, is sharper than the double-edged sword. It can penetrate in their lives. And that also helps them to know the Lord and they know what they're doing. So we want to see that happen because we do not want the New Testament they translate would be on the shelf. People won't read it, won't buy it. And when I, this is my experience, and when I saw people bought it within three months and they're finished, and it, it, everybody was just singing and dancing. And Anglican Church is sort of a very quiet church, but mm-hmm. it became noisy in the church because <laughs> the New Testament was translated. And I saw that. And I myself also had a changed person. And then Anglican Church, people saw that I am coming to join another church because I, I do a lot of things that I want to praise the Lord. And then because that happens, it changed the minds of the people to understand that. Knowing the Lord is not about the, the denomination, it's about how you worship Jesus. So those things have brought the perspective of the mind's change through Bible translation. When you're working with the team that's translating and they're struggling to get the message, what are some of the ways as a consultant and a mentor that you 
you help them with that or with some of the examples of how you've helped teams, you know, work through and really understand the message of, that they're translating? Okay. Good question, uh, Rich. In Bible Translation Association, we have a national organization. And many languages in Papua New Guinea, they do not have the advisors like SAL do. Mm-hmm. They don't have the advisors, but they're passionate about having the word of God in the language. So when becoming a consultant as a Papua New Guinean, as a national person, when I sit down with them, we talk first before to, want to help them understand before we start checking. What I do, how will I do, what I'm going to ask, what questions I'm going to ask. I'm telling them that I'm not trying to understand, to know that you know Bible. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to see that your language that brings meaning or the word of God brings meaning to your language. That's what I want to know. Tell me what I'm asking for. So, and then when we continue, and I see some definitions of the word so accurate, we, we use, you know, <clears throat> accuracy, naturalness, and clarity. We do that. And then when I see that translation is not accurate, I tell them that this is what it says. Yeah. The source text is what is telling us here. But the translation is this, but the meaning has changed a bit because we have taken the other meaning that it's not supposed to be there. So I try to help them to adjust it again and bring them to the point that this is the word of God. And also, I just don't be a consultant only, but I do as an advisor, mentoring, because they don't have the advisor, so I have to be patient enough to help them. And I'll say, explain why I'm asking and explain the word of God that it says so that they understand as well and they understand to do that. So it takes a lot of time. A while to understand and takes time and a lot of patience. But the important is that the word of God must be checked accurately, clarity, and naturalness in their own language that they speak. They listen, it will affect their lives. I went out to one of the provinces in Papua New Guinea. I was helping them in consultant checking. But a team were not really understanding, and even they um, misunderstood some of the context, of the contextual issues. So I tried to help them, and I questioned them just to understand where they do understand. But it went on. So the next step I did was to act upon the word, to get up and act. For example, Genesis chapter 18, when Christus came. Where was Abraham? And where was Abraham when he saw Phoebus and he ran out? He bowed down or he knelt down and bowed down and requested and asked them that they could stay so that they could wash their feet and have something to eat before they pass on because they came to the place. So that area when we were talking, they were saying different things and the location of Abraham, they said they were in Mamre. And I said, where was in said Mamre? But but where was Abraham when these three visitors came? So that went on. So I had to act upon to become like I was Abraham and I would do all these things and to bring them understanding. So sometimes when you make a skit to give them an idea of and then they understand, oh now we understand. So it's a lot of things you have to do. Yeah. In a way you can help them. 
So I, I really appreciate the, the three-dimensional nature of uh, your mentorship, that it's not just words, but also really digging in how is it that it, people are going to be able to, to learn and to grow and the fruit of the Spirit being evident and that it's patience being able to work in Bible translation, it's not just about having God's Word published. It's about God's Word being in people's hands and in their hearts and lives being transformed. So you have worked alongside a lot of languages, but from what I understand, you are planning on, after your retirement, to go back and continue working on the Old Testament in your village. Is that right? Correct. But retirement is not anytime soon. It's being able to walk alongside and to to mentor. So what does that look like for you on the everyday of mentoring new consultants, new advisors? What kinds of practical skills are you helping them uh, walk through? First thing I do is to give them the word of God. Important in the training consultants had to love the Lord. It's not just academic. Right. If they want, if you go to learning academic and they, they don't, they don't know the word, they don't know the Lord, then we're not helping them to grow, balance spiritual life and then physical life as well. So what we do, we train them. But I'm not really good to teach. I love the show, but we have SL experts around here in the country, and so we, PTA and SL, we are sister organizations and we organizations. So we ask if they could help a Papua New Guineans train them. So yeah, we do that. So sometimes we delegate the work that others who are comfortable with doing all this, they can help bubble condition as a Papua New Guinean to become consultants. So what is what we do? So training is not just me training, but I do sort of arrange people that they can take it on and help. So we work together like this. What are some of the ways that you've seen the church or local communities just take leadership and ownership of Bible translation, even if everybody's not there and trained yet? Like, what's some of the examples that you've seen of that? Good question. At this stage, we are reaching out to the churches, and we have seen one church, the United Church, is also taking ownership, but it's, it's taking a while to understand all this. So also... Maybe one day we may see Lutheran doing it. But there's not many churches, but people are taking ownership by supporting the work. So I'm doing that, doing fundraising and supporting the transition work, but not as church. So when, mm. now we are talking about how the church can take ownership, and then they can have their own people to mm. be appointed and to see the quality of the people that can be trained. But yet, I mean, pastors, they, they train as a third theologians. Good. But they also have to learn about the Bible translation work so that they are balanced in the way they are doing. If it's only theologian, then it, they could come their perspective, but they will not understand more about Bible translation. How can they become consultants in the future mm-hmm. when they have no idea about Bible translation? So those are the things we are still working on to see that they also be trained become translators and they will come to training traditional training courses so they would understand and they would understand how the transition works and when they do check they can identify the problems they identify the keywords they identify the contextual issues 
a lot more. Well, to become a traditional consultant is a lot of issues that you can find. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, Stephen Topoko, a person whom I trained, and is now a champion, to say he's, he's, a, he's a good person because mm -hmm. I trained him. Yeah. So he will always try to tell me. He sometimes called me Papa because uh, I'm older than him and even I train him and he feels that he's a younger, so he, he calls me Papa. Mm -hmm. It's an honor, respect. So both of us, he told, he asked me if I could go out there to one of cluster because they started doing it, so asked me to go and train them. So when I when I go out, when I went, when, when we went together, I went ahead and did a training and Stephen was backing me up. And we talked more about ownership, but they already started taking ownership. Mm -hmm. Not talk to them, but they're thinking that they should do just to take it, take ownership. So Zaka Circuit is the one that they they started doing it. So we had to come alongside and help them and train them and give them some ideas for the Bible translation words. And we are willing to come alongside and help them. But they take ownership and they do themselves so that they yeah. understand and they they will. Choose their own people, young people, so that they know who they are and they can say, these are young people that they need to be trained. So we can do that, help them. But we can come alongside giving them technical support. Talk about, I mean, we, I taught them about ownership of, you know, you can do fundraising. Mm -hmm. You can have your own people and see that the church manage it and church move. You have the desk, transition desk in, your, in, your, in part of your ministry. Then people there to take care of the transition. And then work as a partner with SILBT, LBT. So they're looking forward for that. One of the things that I heard you saying is that being a champion for the Bible translation movement in Papua New Guinea, and that it's about walking alongside and coming alongside different language communities and encouraging them and looking at what resources do they have and how is it that the Lord is calling them to use those resources for his ministry so that his word can go forth. One of the things that we are trying to do within Lutheran Bible Translators is build up our advocacy program. The idea that I can only be in one space at one time uh, sharing about the work of Bible translation but if I am able to encourage others to be a voice for Bible translation in their communities, in their homes, that the word will go out and more people will be joining in prayer, more people will be telling about this important work. So what kinds of words of encouragement would you have for someone who's thinking, maybe I could use my voice for Bible translation, maybe I can be an advocate for Bible translation. Do you have any words of encouragement for them? Yes. However, whatever you do, whether you support the work or whether what do you do with it, as long as you are doing the Bible translation, you are part of it and you are engaging the work of Bible translation. We try to encourage them, you are part and parcel of this community, part and parcel of this community. Bible translation is not about one person. Bible translation is about everybody working in different areas to make it work. Can you tell us what brings you the most joy in your work? 
<laughs> Rich, thank you for the question. First thing, I love the Lord. And my life also, when I meet the Lord, Tiruna, when I'm getting time hatred, I am passionate in worshiping the Lord. And when this Bible translation is a consultant, all this, and I love Bible translation in my life. And I live and I will live until the Lord takes me home. I'm a still Bible translator. And I will live and my children, I'm already talking to my children, are you going to follow my footsteps? And I enjoy working as a Bible translator, consultants, helping them, giving the word of God, a slogan that Sarah showed me, put God works in, in the hands of the people. I love that slogan. And that's what we do. And that's what I want to do. And while I'm still years to go, I will still reach out to the remote areas, to the remote areas where you cannot reach. We can reach there to do consultation work, share the word of God, have the people love the Lord, and we go to church together. And we prompt them, knowing that the only way through is the word of God in the language that will speak to the heart. How is it that we can be praying for you, Duncan, and the work that's happening in Papua New Guinea? Yeah, pray for me, yes. <laughs> pray God will give me enough strength and more strength and give me wisdom and knowledge. And sometimes we do the same things, but we want to do some more. And strategically, we'll be thinking differently. How can we do something different to encourage, to embrace, and to bring attention to the young generation to follow and to come up to be translators in the future. Yes, and so I, I, I travel nearly every month to other provinces in Papua New Guinea to do consultation work. So, for example, now I'm doing consultation work for Tuguena language, that's Warrior Cluster. And end of this month, I'll be doing other consultation work again, and then February, I'll be traveling to Southern Highlands, is, is out, way out, mm -hmm. where close to Yalibuis, where Sarah and I was going there. And in the remote area, I'm going to do consultant check-in for the SLT. So I travel a lot in those areas where I've never been to that area, but I go there because of consultation work, because people translate the work, and I go there. So pray that the Lord will keep me safe, the Lord will strengthen me, and I'll keep on traveling as long as people want me to go there to help and people want to receive the word of God. We will definitely be praying for you for strength and wisdom and safety and root and all of your mentees over the years that they will also be going forth in wisdom and strength. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to be able to ask about your your work and the ministry that is happening and how God's Word is being made available to people so that they can have it in their hearts. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for following the Lord's leading and investing your life in the work of translation and in so many people. That is a great blessing, and I'm sure that uh, you see many rewards of that in this life and even the greater reward someday when you see so many people uh, before the throne of God with you. So thank you so much. I'll agree. First of all, it was just amazing that we were able to connect with Duncan Kasokasen and the team on the ground in Papua New Guinea. 
the idea of the technology and our time zones, we were able to make it work. But then also just hearing from this man of faith who had been transformed by God's word, that it became more than just a task, but something that he's taken to heart, that his, his whole life is surrounded by this idea of mentorship and encouraging others to be in the word, being transformed by the word and making it available to others. Yeah, so we give a special uh, production credit here also then to Sarah Essela and uh, Paul Federwitz for some technical support in the background there. Duncan is one of many ministry entrepreneurs that we've been privileged to be able to come alongside and work and, and resource and equip through the More Than Words campaign. The More Than Words campaign has been able to equip a number of ministry entrepreneurs and programs over the course of the last five years. You can check out a great summary video of uh, some of that work at lbt.org slash gathering and scroll down for a video summary of the More Than Words campaign. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is edited and produced by Audrey Sider. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Artwork designed by Sarah Radowski. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Rodowski. So long for now. <laughs>